the differences between are you tapping into extrinsic or intrinsic motivation, right? And so when I pull out an incentive, um, you know, as a company leader, if you hit this goal or exhibit this behavior, you will get a reward, right? So that's an external carrot that like, hey, this is a desired and valuable behavior or outcome for the company. And I want everyone working towards this. And so that's very much kind of extrinsic motivation. Recognition, a lot of times, is after the fact, right? Andy, you know, you, you're doing a great job as a, you know, up and coming product manager and you're putting in the hours just because you care about your work and you want to do better. After the fact, you get recognized by your boss as saying, hey, thank you for, thank you for putting in this hard work and here's a reward. That's more intrinsic motivation. And so you'd be recognized and I would call that recognition more so. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. Now, that was Kevin Yip. Kevin is the president and co-founder at Blueboard. Now, there's no doubt that sales leaders across teams of all sizes are facing some tough challenges right now. In our conversation, Kevin and I dig into what sales leaders should be doing to balance how they motivate and support their teams using sales incentive and sales recognition programs. So we dive into how incentive programs should fit into an overall recognition strategy because research is pretty clear that sellers actually are more motivated by recognition and visibility perhaps than by pure cash alone. We dig into what a successful incentive program looks like. We get into what the distinction is between a recognition program and an incentive program and talk about how non-monetary incentive programs can impact performance and have a big influence on retention of top talent. So we get into all this and much, much more. But before we get to Kevin, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's jump into it with Kevin. Kevin, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Andy. Excited uh, to be pleasure here. Pleasure to have you. So tell folks about you and what you do. Uh, my name is Kevin Yip. I'm based, I'm a San Francisco native, uh, living in the inner Richmond in San Francisco near the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Um, I started a company with my best friend from high school. Um, oh, it's called Blueboard. Yep. And what we do is we help companies reward, recognize, and incentivize their employees with experiences. Mm -hmm. And so it's all experiential based. You know, typically the status quo has been, you know, give out cash, gift cards, plaques, a blender. We think it's all a little <laughs> boring and outdated. And uh, let's give something more meaningful and something you can share with, uh, with your loved ones. You know, learn yeah. Sky to learn. Yeah. Anyways. Well, we'll get into that. So well, what was the impetus to start the company? Because, you know, looking at your background, there's nothing obvious in your work background to say, hey, let's start a company about employee recognition or incentive business. Totally. My my one year of work experience before <laughs> starting this company. Um, so I was a auditor, very fun and sexy job at yeah. PricewaterhouseCoopers. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was placed on a project in the beginning of it, had a couple team members quit. And we weren't able to replace them on the team. And so it was, you know, being the only like first year associate, I had to take on all their work. Um, good opportunity for me uh, to step up. 
And, and so I did. And what that kind of required was, you know, seven days a week, you know, mm -hmm. 12 to 15 hour days, hundred hour weeks for about two and a half months. And, um, uh, I did really well and my life uh, completely fell apart outside of work. Um, right. I gained 25 pounds. I was stressed, anxious. And, uh, my girlfriend at the time and now ex-girlfriend, uh, <laughs> was on the verge of breaking up with me, right. you know? And, um, at the end of it, uh, my manager came up to me and said, Kevin, you know, the partner and I really want to thank you. And, um, boom, it handed me an Amex gift card and being completely burnt out in the state I was in, it was almost like the straw that broke the camel's back. But rather than feeling appreciated, valued, like just like, Oh, this was all worth it. It felt kind of like a slap in the face. There's a $50 Amex gift card. Totally. Actually, do you remember how much it was for? It was for $200. Yeah. Right? Even still. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a multi-million dollar project. I've put in hundreds of hours of overtime. And so it's, you know, less than a dollar in overtime. Right. And which was what, what was something that was supposed to be really well-intentioned. Mm -hmm. I took like the complete opposite way. Right. And so I went back to, um, to where I was living in my roommate at my, t at the time, now my co-founder, um, had also been getting a lot of gift cards and things like that from Accenture. And he said, <laughs> he's like, you know, what's crazy about all of this is think about all of the work that PwC and Accenture have to go through to get us this, these gift cards, right? Um, HR has to budget it in. Now I know each company spends millions of dollars a year on this. My manager had to go ask for approval, had to pick up the gift card, multi-level approvals from HR, from, from the partner, um, and then finally deliver it to me. And even after all of that work, um, did not have the intended effect and actually was, you know, demotivating, right. disengaging. Right. Yeah. And so our thought around Blueboard was kind of, kind of going through this, this like, kind of gift card recognition, so to speak. We thought of like, oh, what would be something more like personal that we would care about? Hey, if my manager had come up to me and said, hey, Kevin, I know you've been really frustrated with your health. You've been eating, uh, you know, pasta and filet mignon um, on your per diem, you know, at the, at the office every day, right? Mm -hmm. I know you love boxing. Uh, why don't you take a boxing membership to the gym around the corner, right. right? Or, hey, how about, you know, you and your girlfriend, you haven't spent time together for the past couple months. You know, take her out to a nice dinner date, maybe a cheese and wine pan class. Or take same, her to Hawaii. Or take her to Hawaii. Not on $200 <laughs> yeah. though, but yeah. it, the same cost as the gift card, right? But imagine how much more personal, thoughtful that would have thought for me as this hardworking employee. And that was kind of like the aha was like, hey, if we can help companies deliver experiences that are personal, um, that are meaningful to employees, we thought people would eat it up. And, and so we you know, quit our jobs soon thereafter and, and started Blueboard. So what was, what was sort of the first product you had? So the first product, um, and it was not like, it was a winding road, um, was actually like, it was a very simple, like point and click, uh, web, web app, mm -hmm. right? Um, Hey, let's deliver some points to an employee and then they can use the points to buy something. Right. 
And uh, we got a couple customers with that. But what we found was that the points would just kind of, people would want to build things up, save up for something, and they would almost like never use it. And so it was like this like hoarding mechanism mm-hmm. that we didn't really intend. And so we kind of shifted to kind of change the model where every single reward and incentive you redeem immediately to a, to a menu of experiences. So there's no points accumulation. There's no currency, um, which is you know pretty different than kind of most of the other players. Yeah. Most among of the, other things. Right. Most of the incentives are recognition houses. Um, so when you talk about experiences and I've, done at least one uh myself is is uh tell people sort of the range of things that when you're talking about experiences a range of experiences that people can have yeah so you know we do anything from going skydiving for the first time learning how to make you know noki in italian cooking class to learning a language um and then that kind of the upper bounds lots of travel experiences, you know, going to learning to surf in Hawaii, taking your kids to Disneyland for the first time, hiking Machu Picchu. Um, and I think what, you know, one of the things we say is that experiences are universal. Preferences are different. Mm-hmm. And so like, as we, you know, we now have, you know, 500 plus kind of customers, you know, tens of thousands of employees kind of going out on experiences kind of every quarter. Um, and so our aperture for like what an experience is, has like definitely widened mm-hmm. when we first started, it was very much about adrenaline and like, Whoa, what would we like to do? Right. Right. And, um, that's where we started. Cause that's what we knew. Yeah. And that's, you know, very much broadened, uh, and continues to broaden over time. Yeah. So it's not what two young guys would want to do, but what a broader spectrum of people might want to do. Exactly. And so, you know, I think, as important as the experience is almost kind of like that, the memory itself mm-hmm. that gets kind of created from the experience. And so you, when you think of these hardworking employees, right. Um, in a company and you're able to like give them something, you know, and we have, you know, people proposing on blue board experiences, recreating wedding anniversaries, going on baby moons, crossing things off their bucket list, right? This is like, this is like in life, this is what people really cherish and value. Right. And to do that on behalf of great work, on behalf of, a, of your company, right, is something really powerful, right? It creates a lot of connection, a lot of loyalty um, and pride. Hmm. I can guess what a baby moon is just by the words, but um, I have to admit, <laughs> first time I've heard that, that expression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys offer, you guys offer a baby moon that, that, so that's probably one of the, one of the stories, um, that's had like probably stuck with me the most over the years was, um, a, uh, an employee had gotten a blue board experience for their, like, I think, you know, 10 year anniversary Mm. at a company and, um, went on a baby moon and, you know, ended up going to see the Northern Lights and ended up naming their daughter Aurora, Aurora. because of it. Better um, than Borealis, yes. <laughs> better than Borealis. Um, but that was pretty meaningful, right? Um, and obviously, they're going to remember that uh, for the rest of their lives. And you know, I kind of 
you know, and, you know, in, in other ways of thinking about it, out, out kind of pulling myself out of the grind of running the business. Like it feels like an honor that like we're able to help make that happen. Right. So when you're trying to sell the service to companies, I mean, do you, mm-hmm. how are you positioning it? Is it as a employee recognition or, you know, purely incentive or, you know, president's club replacement? Yeah. Yeah. And so we, you know, we started selling to HR teams, right? And so that was kind of around anniversaries and recognition. There's specific programs that HR kind of uses. Mm-hmm. And over time, um, you know, if you can figure out a way to sell the sales, right? Um, that can be, you know, compared to compared to HR, right? Yeah. More budget, quicker decision-making. Um, that can be good. We were kind of naturally being kind of pulled in uh, to sales teams through our existing customers. Um, sales leaders would hear about, would, you know, would see the anniversary programs or this employee referral incentive that HR was running. And they'd be like, oh, we could use that for sales contests and for our spiffs. And so we, you know, kind of naturally moved over to the sales side as well. And so those are our two main buyers, HR and sales. I think, you know, how we position it, um, you know, to the buyers, like one is, do they get experiences? Right. If you don't think experiences are valuable, then you're not you're not going to buy Blue Boy, right? right? And I think over time, since starting, I think that has the sentiment in the market has kind of very much evolved. Where like I think fundamentally, like a lot most people just understand the value of an experience and what that means. And I think our kind of challenge over the last couple of years is, well, so what? I, I love experiences. I do them all the time. I love traveling, right? How does that help me sell more? Right. How does that help me motivate my employees? How does it keep them longer? Right. right? And, and so it's been on us to develop these types of programs that actually drive real business value beyond just happy employees, right? And well, let's talk about how you're measuring that. I mean, what are your customers experiencing? Um, because, yeah, there's been sort of this double whammy Sort of, I don't completely overlap, but I mean, great resignation. Now we've got a recession. Uh, you know, people are even more concerned now about retaining the top talent. But uh, yeah. it's also, you got sort of a motivation issue because oftentimes in the face of a downturn, sales gets a little scared. They get a little stuck. You know, they need perhaps a little extra incentive. Um, yeah. So what are you, what are you finding? So, and I'll, I'll maybe talk specifically about kind of incentives just to kind of um, maybe be more specific, right? Um, what we're seeing and is first off, we make, we make sure kind of in the beginning of the customer journey that the program is well-designed well designed and established, mm-hmm. right? With, with kind of a faulty design and like maybe lack of kind of spending time thinking through a program structure, no matter how, how good blue board is like, it's going to be less effective. Right. And so like our sales teams motivating the right behaviors, is it tied to the overall strategy? Is there operational support to actually track and measure these things? Right. Um, and from there it's like, okay, well, you know, from there it's like, Hey, let's create an incentive. Let's, do a lot of communication, a lot of internal marketing, right? To get a lot of people excited and bought in. 
And, you know, from there, people work towards it. There's management continually communicating it. And we've seen that whatever that behavior is, um, you know, activity spikes, right? So whether that's, um, you know, people will, a new framework, you know, in sales, and is it if it's a new framework of how to run a discovery, mm-hmm. or is it introducing a new product, even though, you know, you have a core kind of cash cow product that, right. that's easy to sell. Um, and so whatever that behavior or initiative is, we see much more activity uh, because of it, right? Hmm. And I think that this, what's interesting is often companies don't think of it and leaders don't think of incentives. Um, they think of it more like campaign and episodically. Right. What we see is that the second incentive is even more powerful, right? And that's because companies launch it, the program, they have the incentive. They're like, oh, what is this blue board incentive? After those first winners get the reward, they go out on the experience. They're talking about it. We might have video content. People are mm-hmm. posting about it. Then it makes it even more real to the rest of the organization and kind of just drives kind of more adoption, more top of mind around the incentive. So, And I take it they're mostly – these incentives are used mostly in a more structured fashion as opposed to what the – you know, your bosses did when you were at PwC, which was, hey, spur of the moment, Kevin did a great job, uh, you know, what can we do for him type thing, which is, so is it more structured or is, is, and maybe anecdotally what you're hearing from customers is it, which way is it most effective? Yeah. So this is a, a loaded question because kind of recognition and incentives, like there, there's, generally multiple tiers, right? So the, the way I got recognized is what kind of people refer to as kind of informal kind of rewards and recognition, mm-hmm. right? And so how are you empowering kind of on the ground managers, leaders to recognize employees on the spot and in the moment, right? Right. Um, and in the moment being, being critical, I think. In the moment being very critical. Yeah. And there's a... Uh, F-22 or something. Yeah, F-22 right overhead. Uh, Blue Angels. Week in San Francisco. Blue Angels. Yeah. Um, the second piece, right, is um, is very much, uh, you know, incentives, anniversaries are very much more formal, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a structure in place. And so, like, we see both. And uh, oftentimes, like, with our customers, like, they are doing both with us, right? They each have kind of their own different value. Um, yeah. Well, is there, you know, when it comes to things like President's Club, especially I think mm. during the pandemic is, you know, people wanted to get together. I, I think this idea of having, you know, these curated experiences that don't require you to see your boss in a Speedo in, in Cancun, um, you know, probably picked up in popularity. Is this is this a trend you see that sort of personalized president's club as opposed to, Hey, let's get everybody together offsite somewhere. So we did a lot of business in these personalized president's clubs, uh, over the pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. And one for the simple reason is group trips just won't happen. Right. Right. Um, since then, and this is what we expected. There's been a large appetite for, getting teams back together, right? Uh, Because a lot of folks haven't seen each other in in years. And so President's Club, as it kind of traditionally was, 
um, has kind of like come back. And I think like what, what's been interesting though is part of the kind of, the, you know, the, uh, the criticism of President's Cup, if you will, is that it is this huge thing. It's very experiential based. People really care about it. But, you know, you know, two, three, four months into the year, you kind of already know who the winners are going to be. And so right. it becomes less of an incentive and more about recognition, right? And so like kind of our our thing is how do you take kind of the essence of like what makes President's Club special? It's experience-based, it's personal, like there's a lot of like, um, it feels different than most, most incentives. Right. And how can we do that more periodically throughout the year than just one big thing uh, every year, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah. So how, how do you distinguish between incentives and recognition? Is so, one, one more formal and one less formal? Is that? No, no, actually. So, yeah, it's, it's a great question. Uh, I think of, you know, almost uh, the differences between are you tapping into extrinsic or intrinsic motivation, right? And so when I pull out an incentive, um, you know, as a company leader, if you hit this goal or exhibit this behavior, you will get a reward, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an external carrot that like, hey, this is a desired and valuable behavior or outcome for the company. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone working towards this. Right? And so that's very much kind of extrinsic motivation. Right. right. Recognition, a lot of times, is after the fact. Right. Andy you know, you, you're doing a great job as a, you know, up and coming product manager and you're putting in the hours just because you care about your work and you want to do better. After the fact, you get recognized by your boss as saying, Hey, thank you for, thank you for putting in this hard work and here's a reward. That's more intrinsic motivation. And so you'd be recognized and I would call that recognition more so. That was more in, well, more informal in the sense that while you were working, you didn't really have a sense of, if I do a great job, I'm going to get, you know, this, this experience as a reward. Yeah, exactly. And I think having a high performance culture, um, programmatically you need both. Right. Um, because you never want to kill the more carrots you put out there, right. You don't want everyone being kind of, call it mercenarial, right? And that's kind right. of on the extreme end, right? You want people to have this this internal buy-in and kind of, you know, they're feeling aligned to the mission, aligned to the purpose uh, and their job, right? And so that's like recognition is really good at kind of building and, and encouraging that. At the same time, there's going to be different processes, initiatives, products that will be hard for people to change their habits, mm-hmm. Right. Um, you might be behind on a goal and you might need to focus on this one aspect of the business. That's where incentives are, are really powerful. Um, and so a blend and balance of the two, um, can create, you know, I think is, you know, much needed in creating like high performance culture in any organization. And I was going to think, what, what are the KPIs, you know, I'm thinking from a manager standpoint, you know, what are the KPIs that I use to measure? The effectiveness of these, the ROI on this incentive, and and it's sort of curious too, is sort of what's what's the average sort of price point on on that you're seeing from your clients uh, in terms of experience. I mean, is it 
Yeah. Yeah. A cup of beer or is it, uh, you know, dinner out or a, a trip to somewhere? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Two great questions. Uh, I'll, I'll answer them in reverse order. Um, we, you can't, and I think one of the things I struggle with a little bit, and, you know, I think experience might the term might be one of the most overused words in the last decade. <laughs> so that's been interesting, <laughs> right? We, you know, we don't consider, at least on Blueboard, right? We don't consider, you know, like a beer, you know, having a beer or, you know, ticket to the movies as like kind of an experience we would offer, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is an experience, but like the dollar point is too low for us that like, we wouldn't be able to deliver on multiple different preferences at that low dollar value. And so like right. our minimum is $150 okay. going all the way up to 25,000 oh. in terms of frequency, probably, um, you know, 500 and a thousand are our most used experiences sent experiences. What's, what's the $25,000 one? Ooh. So, you know, a lot, a lot of travel stuff. Um, I think, you know, recently I saw, um, one person, they uh, they did a trip to uh, Morocco, Marrakesh. Had a um, you know took a a car safari out into kind of the Sahara. You know, stayed at this oasis luxury resort, um, sandboarding, kind of camel riding, things like that. And so I think that was the last um, twenty five thousand dollars experience I saw. And uh, going. Okay. Any idea of what the person? did in order to earn that? So that person um, was the owner and kind of like brainchild, I think of a, of a new product rollout um, that ended up exceeding goals, you know, tens of million dollars in business impact. Um, yeah. 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 I like it. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. let's go work for that company. Yeah, um, what's there not to like about about something like that? Anyway, well, yeah. Um, well, and the, the thing is, though, you don't really only have to. <laughs> once you've done that once, you know, the, the expectations are sort of set. But it's like, yeah, that motivates people. To think, yeah, I don't know if no one's promising me anything, but hey, if if yeah, I really knock knock the ball out of the park on this initiative, or working on this program, this product rollout, or whatever, mm-hmm. something like that could happen. That's yeah. kind of cool. And you know what's you know what's and this was after the fact we learned about this program. But Google in the early days had this um, recognition program uh, called the Founder Awards. Have you heard of it? No, no. So um, Founder Awards are basically you know given to employees that displayed founder-like qualities, mm-hmm. right? So um, the uh, you know the the person who started Google Maps um, you know got a Founder Award. Um, a person who did a breakthrough on, uh, on kind of search query, like speed also got a, a, a founder award. And it was basically a stock grant up to a million dollars in Google stock. Um, you know, this is in the, you know, early two thousands. And so that'd work as well. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was interesting, incredibly like that is, you know, and if they held on, it was incredibly lucrative, right? Right. Um, but what they found was after a year or so of running the program is that, Andy, if you, you know, launched maps and got a million dollar stock grant and I launched 
uh, Gmail and got 800,000. I wasn't happy or appreciative that I got 800,000. I was mad and upset that you got got (laughs) $200,000 more than me because I think Gmail is just as big as and valuable as Google maps. Right. Right. And so even though they, you know, they, it was probably one of the more lucrative recognition program budgets in history. I think they spent, you know, 50 plus million dollars on the program. And and that actually, you know, that has turned out, you know, you know, into billion, you know, billions of dollars and actually like market cap today. Yeah. It didn't breed loyalty, appreciation. It, it kind of created and stoked this toxic environment of like comparison it yeah, was all interesting you, right? all, so, all, you, all you can say is people are horrible <laughs> <laughs> and so like so what they did was they scrapped the program and gave everyone trips to hawaii and across the board people were happier and amazing yeah um and you know i think that's kind of one of the things that i think we've cracked is that experiences you know you might want to go, you know, spend time and and uh, get a get a nice guitar and take you know guitar lessons every week for a year. Yeah, and that might make you incredibly happy. And I want to, uh, you know, go, you know, hike Machu Picchu and uh, you know, you know, feed the alpacas up there. And yours might cost, you know, twenty thousand. Mine co- might cost five thousand, but they're not comparable. Right? right, because it's like what's important to us, and so right. I think that's one really powerful thing we've cracked is this: experiences aren't really comparable. Um, I go, I go back to this Teddy Roosevelt quote: uh, "Comparison is the thief of joy." Um, <laughs> right, and so, and so I think we've got, we've you know in these programs at least gotten rid of comparison a lot, which is cool. Yeah. So how just mechanically how does it work? I mean, in terms of yeah. People, there's a catalog, there's a website, obviously, um, with a catalog of, of offerings. Yeah. And so we, um, so we have this whole kind of software, right? And we call it our experience delivery platform, right? And this is kind of like kind of the core product that customers buy, right? There is um, the software to mm-hmm. basically run programs, Right. How do you provision accounts? How do you set up a budget, approval flows, et cetera, right? Configurable enterprise software, right? Boom. Then there's the experiences, right? Curated experiences that we put the marketplace together. You know, and those are global. Last last year we did, you know, experiences on over 70 countries. And then the final piece, which is a, a bit of the service side, is every every experience that somebody gets rewarded on has a personal concierge. And so they help with all the scheduling and booking of the actual experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that might be as simple as, you know, scheduling your first guitar lesson with your instructor in San Diego, all the way up to planning, you know, flights, hotels, accommodations, dinner reservations, and like your sailing cruise um, on your beach getaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that that's kind of those three parts: software, experiences, and concierge, kind of make up our core platform. So, interesting. A couple of final questions, or sort of getting near the end here, is, is um, 
again, what are you hearing from your customers in terms of how this is working for them? I mean, are they seeing, you know, more sellers hit quota? Are they seeing, you know, greater productivity growth? I mean, what are the dimensions they're seeing that they look at to say, okay, we want to extend this for a second year or whatever? Yeah. So HR is our core buyer and that's where we have the most data. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the first and main thing they look at is engagement data. And so companies have become and HR teams and people teams in particular have become really sophisticated with tools like Qualtrics, Culture Amp, Glint on are people motivated to actually work? Mm-hmm. Right? Are they engaged? engaged. Uh, right. Are they engaged? Right. And they kind of splice this into a number of different dimensions. And so what you can do is you can actually, if you have launched Blueboard, right, over the course of the year, you can see, hey, what teams are using Blueboard and how are they engaged versus teams that aren't? How are individual people who have received Blueboard experiences and been recognized as Blueboard engaged with those mm-hmm. that aren't? And across the board, you can see that teams that use Blueboard are more engaged employees that get recognized with blue are more engaged right now what do they use engagement for right hey it's they kind of see that that's the proxy for performance he, there's a very strong correlation between engagement and performance Should and there's a very right? strong correlation between engagement and retention yeah right all makes sense yeah i mean remember the last study i saw on engagement was like what under 40 percent of employees are engaged or something like that so yeah, yeah it's a big a big gap to fill. Yep. For sure. Yep. So um, on the sales side, yeah. Um, given, given kind of the nature of incentives being campaign driven, mm-hmm. um, it depends on, on the metric and on the behavior they're trying to drive. But we recently, we launched a sales incentive app recently. Um, before it was very much just experiences for hitting an incentive. It was all right. outside of our product. Right. Um, but what, what companies are starting to do is kind of driving that. How do you drive that second incentive? Right. And so they're actually, who, are the, who is the top AE that hit the incentive that, uh, you know, went to the, you know, set 50-yard line at the 49ers game, right? Let's bring that person up. Let's take pictures. Let's have them tell their story, how they hit it, and why, like, mm-hmm. why they got super excited about it. And so, like, anecdotally, what we're seeing is, sales leaders, sales ops, getting this, the full story of performance and reward, mm-hmm. and then bringing that and using that as marketing material back to the rest of the org to drive kind of more engagement, more activation in, in the next incentive. Got it. All right. Last question. Yeah. So what's the biggest experience that you've given somebody in your company? Ooh. So, we have um, we have a we have a lot of different we, we drink our own champagne so to speak yeah. but um, one of the cooler um, experiences that somebody did was um, uh, this person's uh, mother had never been to Asia mm-hmm. and um, she wanted to basically it was like basically a surprise travel experience she told her mom hey. We're going to someplace warm. We're going to be gone for 10 days. This is all you're packing. I'm not telling you anything. And they, uh, they show the airport. 
we're going to Thailand. Boom, they go to Thailand. And every single day was a surprise to the mom. Yeah. Unveil the itinerary, things like that. Um, but that was one of the cooler rewards and experiences that like we got to, we got to kind of deliver. And it was all captured on video. And was um, it uh, an incentive for that person or recognition? It was recognition. Yeah. Got it. What'd yeah. they do? They hit, uh, it was a mix of, they hit their like, I think it was five year anniversary mm-hmm. uh, with us. And they had just been promoted um, kind of independently uh, around the same time. Oh, very cool. It's kind of a two for one, if you will. Like it. All right. Yeah. I'll have to ask my employer about that. Oh, wait. I work for myself. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get on that. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, if you want to learn more about Blueboards, what's the best way to do that? Check us out on the website, the interwebs, www.blueboard.com. If you want to reach out to me, um, shoot me an email, kevin at blueboard.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, those are the best ways. Perfect. Kevin, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. Andy, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank our guest today, Kevin Yip, for sharing his insights with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you for your help with that. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.